Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Tud. And I'm Obert. And uh, guys, drinking after 30 equals bad. Yes. <laughs> that's that's uh, a, a dangerous equation. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Greater than 30 plus <laughs> drink equals bad. Uh, equals skull and crossbones. I was just going to say, I don't know if it's drinking past 30 or drinking until 3 a.m. past 30. <laughs> yeah, all those equal bad. Um, but yeah, we two-thirds of the podcast are transplants this week, so pretty uh, pretty exciting stuff. Well, I guess two-thirds of the podcast is are transplants every week, but two-thirds two of us are, are, are away from home. Yeah, okay, that's true, yes. Yeah. But yeah, so this week I'm currently in Tennessee. We're actually recording this podcast live in the same house right now. Yep, different rooms, of different course, rooms. as is tradition. Yeah, as which tradition. I think our our listeners were eagerly awaiting to hear the results of this this trip with uh, expecting the the equation of of thirty plus alcohol plus Chris plus Todd equals bad. <laughs> uh, it does yep, seem like happened. a recipe for disaster. Right. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, and then Obert, you're up in Connecticut, right? Yeah, yeah. Last week I was recording out of New Jersey, visiting my sister. This week I'm recording in my my ancestral home, Russell <laughs> Road, Connecticut. Oh wow! Yeah, having a having a good time, seeing everybody back here, and definitely getting my fill of those New England IPAs. Ooh, nice! Uh, it's Very been nice. it's been nonstop New England IPAs <laughs> for me. Nice. Good to be back. And um, quick side note for the hosts of the podcast: um, the picture of Todd in Skype. You just look very. You're giving me a scowl, like it's like a confused glare. And I keep on feel like I'm not giving you a good enough explanation every time I talk, so I can't look at it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have to minimize this window. Because <laughs> I'm like, I what do you want from me, Todd? Stop. Stop. I can't. I can't give you any more. <laughs> I, I expect you to give me the best answers yeah. that you possibly can. Yeah. I have and to I, now, I have to look at the, the wavy bars instead. So that's what, <laughs> that's what I got now. In, oh. a, in an utter state of total, just constant disapproval of what's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. So I'm glad I'm not looking <laughs> at that anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, Todd is visiting me down here in Tennessee and we went out to Nashville last night and yes we did <laughs> it was uh it was it was a, it was a time uh you know we were able to hit, we were able to hit up a lot of breweries which is cool we did we visited four yesterday right uh and then we went to a couple bars with like live music and there was a lot of dancing and then we ended up getting a a lift home at 3 a.m. after getting in a verbal altercation with an Auburn fan. And then it was just, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. It sounds like a night you'll never remember. Yeah. There's definitely <laughs> like, for the most part, I remember it, but they'll be like, oh, do you remember this one thing? And I'm like, oh, no, I do not remember that. <laughs> like, yeah. like the text message that you sent Brendan and I saying, where did I go? Yeah, yeah exactly. I got that. And I was like, oh, boy. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I was a little more alarmed too when I saw the response, which was to get your car. <laughs> yeah, like, that was that was supposed to be card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, um, I hope <laughs> he meant get something out of the car. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was a that was a, that was a escapade um and now you know i woke up this morning and i was actually like oh i feel pr- i actually feel pretty good this that and the other thing and dana goes are you sure you're not still like drunk and i'm like no nah, i don't think so but as the <laughs> day went on i think i was still drunk <laughs> yeah that's one thing yeah now these <laughs> Post twenties hangovers, they seem to, as opposed to waking up bad and then feeling better throughout the day. I just wake up like on a two out of ten, and then by the end of the day, I'm at like a negative four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I struggled with life for pretty much the entire day up until up until relatively recently. I've been struggling with life, so it feels good to not struggle at the moment. Yeah. Hey, here's a suggestion for for future. Uh, content we could do we could um talk about hangover cures what works what doesn't work and see what our listeners think that might be you know, a good, I was thinking a good that. mailbag segment i definitely could have uh could have used that today <laughs> right and i think people have some some hidden gem tips out there and i think everybody has their own kind of remedy that works for them me personally my go-to is ramen noodles and a can a 12 ounce can of coca-cola with some ibuprofen. I don't care if it's 8 a.m. or noon. Usually I can't even eat until after noon. But something about the saltiness of the uh, the ramen, but it's bland enough to get down, plus like the sugary caffeination of the Coke, that does it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always used to swear by, before going to bed, taking and drinking two full glasses of water and 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. And like, it seemed to have worked for me forever. Now I did not do that today, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or last night rather. Um, but that was always my thing. It's like two full glasses of water, four ibuprofen, and then go to bed. And you generally feel up, wake up okay. Well, I mean, that's a great. That sounds like that's uh, definitely in the hangover prevention category. Yeah, it's yeah. I guess so. I guess it's not really a cure. It's it's you know trying to get ahead ahead of the hangover. Right. I don't think I really have one. <laughs> I drink a lot of water, so I, I kind of try to like just force rehydrate myself. But I would be interested in hearing from our listeners, you know, what their cures are, and then we can utilize them and see, you know, if they work for us and report back to the listeners. Yeah. yeah. Next time that the any two of us are in the same state again, we'll have to send a repeat call for hangover cures. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Well, I know it's the last thing that Tud and I want to do, at least me. I can speak on behalf of me that I I don't really want to drink right now, <laughs> but well, I'm going to. We're dedicated to our listeners. Yeah. I love you guys, so I have to. Um, but what are you guys drinking tonight? So I am drinking a wine from Beach Haven Vineyards in Clarksville, Tennessee. Yeah. Chris and I went there a couple days ago and tasted all the wines and basically had a, a really fun time there. I'm currently drinking the blackberry wine. Chris, do you want to speak a little bit more about the wine and about the vineyard? Yeah. So uh, this has been featured on the pod before. So this is the second 
second showing for Beach Haven, but it's a really cool place, uh, really laid back. Um, all the people there are crazy nice. CJ's they love CJ. Ce- yeah. That is, CJ's a celebrity. <laughs> yep. But the wine's really good. And I'm not a wine drinker. I'm not a not a wino. I'm not any of that. But but the wine is good. Uh, the blackberry wine is one of their it's it's like one of their sweeter ones, but it also has like some nice tartness from the blackberry. But Tut will get into that in a little bit. But if you're ever driving through Clarksville and you see it, it's a pretty, pretty cool stop. Really nice. Like, eh, you know, when it's not rainy and drizzly like it was, but when it's nice and sunny and it's everything's in full bloom, it, it's a really pretty, pretty scene there as well. Yeah. So as Chris was saying, you know, this wine is made with blackberries. It's very dark because obviously it's, it's a wine made of a dark fruit, but it's extremely sweet. Um, there's a, on the bottle of wine, it's so I don't nice. know how you're drinking that with a hangover, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't do it in your shoes. I would need something a little a little less sweet, but maybe that's just me. Well you you drink Coke, so Hey, that's a very good point. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> um so on the bottle of wine itself, it actually has a dry and sweet like scale. And this one is the farthest on the sweet side as you can be. So it is, I would gather, to be one of their sweetest wines. It's got a little bit of a medicinal taste, I guess, but not in like... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Tell me Give more. Me some, some Robitussin, please. Yeah. Like not in like a... Not, I was going to say not in a bad way, but it's just got a little bit of like... It's kind of like what I would expect a boozy Robitussin to taste like. <laughs> it's a, with, a, with a bouquet of Robitussin aroma. <laughs> <laughs> some light Robitussin <laughs> flavor. But overall, I mean, it is very sweet. It's um, extremely fruity. And it just, it, t- it does taste like a mouthful of blackberries. On a scale of five, I'm not a I'm not an expert wine raider. So I would say that it's probably three, seven, five. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's a good wine. It, it is, it is pretty sweet. And... <laughs> I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would say it tastes like Robitussin, but to each their own. So, so help me complete this mental picture here. Okay. Uh, did you open a whole bottle of this wine for the podcast? Yes. <laughs> oh my! Wow. So, uh, fan, listeners, this is how dedicated we are. So. Yes, I did, yeah. and I and I do plan on uh, if if nobody else is going to help me drink it, I am going to finish it, come hell or high water. So. <laughs> Oof. Godspeed, Ted. I might even drink my other bottle of wine too. So when, just for the listeners at home, when Tud poured this this wine, uh, he took a sixteen ounce glass, like a like a <laughs> yeah like a, like a like tulip a, glass yeah like a treehouse uh, glass yeah a sixteen ounce gl- glass and, and was like I think I put too much wine on this. <laughs> he poured a half bottle of wine. <laughs> 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 yep. Yep. That did so uh, I can picture so, now. You yeah. go to Beach Haven. That's the name of the place, right? Yes. Yep. yep you go yep. to Beach Haven. Tells like, yeah, I'll take a pint of the uh, <laughs> the blackberry, please. <laughs> the, Fill her up. The picture will be up on the Instagram <laughs> as opposed to this episode, as per tradition. You know, when we post our our drinks that we drank on the episode, but yeah, everybody will be able to see it. Yeah, it was just, it was really fun. A sight to behold. <laughs> oh. 
Now, did you guys, did you go there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we went there Thursday. Thursday. The way you, the way you've talked about it before on the pod, it's always sounded fun, especially hanging out on the, the dock. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. I, I don't know if there's any there's... dock parties tonight, on Friday night, but. Uh, I could safely with... say there was no water. Okay, so now that we know Todd and his love, regardless of how hungover he is for wine, let's let's move over to, to Chris. What are you drinking tonight? All right, here we go. So, I'm drinking. Ooh, yeah. So cool. I'm, I'm drinking what is seemingly a staple beer, maybe not, but I always try to find it. But being in Connecticut, you don't find it very often. But I'm drinking the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Coffee Stout by Alltech Brewing. You'll see the pictures up on the Insta. So I, have, but I mean, I, I do see this in Connecticut quite often. Do you? Because I almost, listeners out there, yeah, I almost never saw it. Maybe their production has gone up, or maybe I just wasn't looking hard enough. But. No, the um, regular Kentucky Bourbon Stout that they make—that's my dad's all-time favorite beer. So he's always on the lookout, and he finds it pretty regularly. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's really good. It's very smooth. You get some burp, you, you do get bourbon pretty heavy. Uh, it almost covers up some of the coffee. So you do get a hint of the what, Haitian coffee, as it says right on the bottle, Haitian coffee. And, but it's, I mean, it's really good. I really enjoy it every time I have it. And, you know, apparently you can get it everywhere. <laughs> despite despite what I said two minutes ago, apparently you can get it everywhere. Uh, it's just that I know being right underneath Kentucky, I can find it at any liquor store, which is cool because it is a good beer. That is really cool. I've had the stout, I think one or one other time. I at one point misthought that this was Kentucky Breakfast Stout by Founders. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is kind of an easy mistake to make. Yeah, because they're both KBS. Correct. Right. So I bought it by mistake, but I was pleasant. It was you know kind of a happy accident because it was good. It yeah. just wasn't what I was expecting when you know when I bought it. Yeah. No, I can understand that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've seen and I've I've seen a few. They they do a bunch of like different variants of this. Um, so they'll do like a peach variant and like I said the ale. Um. And a number of other ones, and I've had a few of them. They're pretty good. So I don't know what other beer Alltech makes, to be honest, but I like this one. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of anything else by them. So just those two, just yeah, those, yeah, right. And are they within driving distance of you? Uh, they're in Lexington, Kentucky. So yes, Lexington, I think, is about three or four hours away. Nice. Not too, not too bad. We'll have to go there one day and go to the racetrack. Yeah, we could do, we could do that. Yeah, we'll have to once our once our podcast has made so much money that uh, it's it's paid for us all to travel to Lexington and, and rate uh, bourbons on the show. Yeah, person. there we go. <laughs> that'll be our that'll be our goal. We'll make it also to all tech. Yeah. So tell tell your friends so we could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct. But this is eight uh, percent alcohol, which is you know it's formidable. Uh, you would almost expect it to be higher because you do get the the bourbon in it. Because yeah, it's I think such a that's, dark beer. Yeah, I think that's just standard with any bourbon barrel aged stuff. Um, but it's good beer. 
I'd say maybe a solid, and I actually I don't remember what I rated this on Untap, so this is gonna be interesting. Say maybe a solid four. Yeah, that's fine. Four. <laughs> nice. What what would it need to do to make it to a, be a four and a quarter, four and a half for you? Um, for me, I would need more coffee. Okay. It's uh, it's good. But I mean, it says it's a coffee stout. I don't get a ton of coffee. But if you're if you're a fan, if you're listening to this and you're looking for a really good coffee stout, there's a better places to turn. Not that this is a bad beer, but you're not going to get a lot of coffee flavor. Right, right, right. If you if you were like, oh man, coffee, yay! I probably would would opt for a different coffee stout or a different coffee beer. So that's good to know too. That's good. That's good yeah. information to share. Yeah, yeah, maybe your your all time favorite from Outer Light there. The sub, the, was that the subduction the, or the libation propaganda? Libation, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah. I mean, I've talked about it before. That's a that's a good one. I was trying to think of one that was like more in the sold bourbon more regularly around the United States, not just in Grafton, oh, Connecticut. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and I couldn't couldn't think of one off the top of my head. Huh. hey, if uh, listeners, if you know of any, shoot it on over. Let us know. But that's it for me and my Kentucky bourbon barrel coffee stout. Uh, but Obert, what kind of, I assume, Connecticut goodie do you have for oh, us today? Yeah, you are correct. And this this comes to <laughs> us straight from the brewery. I just picked it up, um, you know, less than 12 hours ago. Uh, this is from previously featured on the podcast, Fat Orange Cat. Very nice. Call up lawyers. That, yeah, you know, I'm oh, I'm wow. too tired to deal with as, that right now. As soon as I open it, I get in, intense, very intense um, orange aromas here. And I haven't even told you the name yet, but it smells really good. <laughs> and for those of you that may or may not remember, this was stop number one on Tud's Magical Mystery Brewery Tour. It was very true. Show. And um, actually, I, I stopped there because I went with... with listener of the show drew and he was inspired by the magical mystery tour and, and so we we didn't get all 10 but we got number one I, so I, yeah i was gonna ask did you happen to try to live out my my magical mystery brewery tour today we sort of did we went we only hit two because of the time limitations we went to fat orange cat and then pioneer sorry we went to fat orange cat and then we went to connecticut valley Honorable mention. Of Honorable the- mention on the list. Yep. Yeah, and it was a, it was a, a cool spot. But uh, before I get into that, let me tell you, I'm drinking the Right Drunk Edit Sober uh, New England IPA. What's it called? Right Drunk, like Right Drunk Edit Sober. Interesting. And I shouted out their really cool labels when you posted a picture of the last beer, Ted. And uh, I think all our listeners will enjoy this one. It's just a... Uh, there's a orange pencil that's spilling beer out of the top with cat whiskers for the pencil tip. And then in, in pen, pencil handwriting, in cursive, it says write drunk and then scribbled out, it says edit sober. <laughs> so they did a good job with this label. We talked about this brewery a little bit before they have goats and chickens when you show up and they have, they're only open on the weekends. So we got there right when they opened at noon and it was packed, man. There was maybe 50 people at least in their little spot um, with lots of little fire pits outside. Uh, and they did, they had some great New England IPAs, some good stouts, but I did not try this one yet. I saved it for the the podcast. Nice. Yeah. So they're, they're constantly packed. 
they're only open two days a week, so they get a lot of visitors on Saturday. And then Sunday is go there and just it's called grab and go. So you just go there, buy the beer to go, and leave. They don't do pours on Sundays. Oh, so Saturday's the only day you can go and get tastings? Yep. Okay. Um, it's funny because we talked about this last week a little bit, and Fat Orange Cat and Connecticut Valley, neither of them did flights. Yes. <laughs> so, which I thought was which I thought was interesting. But uh, to interrupt that real quick, this is, like I said, it's a New England style IPA. It's very orangey. Uh, reminds me a lot of Julius from Treehouse. Not the dankest, haziest New England IPA. You don't get a lot of that hop bitterness. Very smooth, very, like I said, that orangey citrus flavors. I get a little bit of a creaminess on the aftertaste, but I'm going to say if you are a fan of New England IPAs, this one would be a good one for you. I'm going to give this a four and a quarter. Out of, it's not, I would say they're, they're some of their best ones, which I would say are you know four and a half, four, seven, five range, which for me are a little more of that hop bite. But this one is, is a very good one, like most of their beers. And I, I would like to just provide clarity. While Fat Orange Cat doesn't do flights, they do allow four tastings for for seven bucks. Yeah, and I, I wanted to get into that a little bit too, because you get to keep the glass with it, right? Um, and they you so you go and you get a chips, so you go and you get a drink. You have to finish it, go back and get the next beer in the same glass, kind of thing. Yep. Which I was okay with that. I thought it was a good system. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's it's definitely unique to them, but it goes it goes kind of with their theme and their vibe and it's it's a really cool way of doing beer tastings yeah yeah they're great i love that place um and i'm glad that they're blowing up the way they are because they make they make great beer you know yeah Uh, yeah and i've it's one thing i've been trying to do a lot of on my my time back here is you know all these places that we constantly talk about every week and i won't i won't go into too many details of the ones we've already visited um Fox Farm, but uh, <laughs> I did go to a really cool brewery, and I felt a little. Um, I was glad I was able to visit a brewery that neither of you had been to in Connecticut before, and share it with you guys for once. Which, but, yeah, which is which is a feat. It is. Right. Yeah, I was I was happy I was able to do it <laughs> and uh, bring a be the one to bring a new Connecticut brewery to the pod. Um, I went to this little tiny brewery in the town of. Chester, Connecticut, which I had never even been through Chester before. It was weird. It's like a kind of a, a typical quaint New England village. We were just driving along a windy New England road, which I do miss. We don't have those quaint New England roads in, in Montana. Um, you, all of a sudden, you come around a corner, speed limit slows down, and then bam, you're in this main street of a village out of nowhere, a little place of chester and in this time of year all the christmas decorations are up I found a parking spot and went to this brewery called the i believe it's the little house beer company i will say i bet you not a lot of listeners know where chester is in connecticut either because i had to look it up as well yeah yeah <laughs> it's just a little town just west of the connecticut river kind of just a hop skip and a jump away from route nine i will say if if it weren't for me dating dana i probably would have never known where chester was but. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's in that little corner of Connecticut that 
it's easy to to miss, not to offend any of our our listeners, but just somewhere I hadn't ever been before. Um, But I go into this little house brewery and it's true to the name. It's a very tiny place, but they wowed me with their beers. They had eight on tap and we, we split two flights and they had a really good milkshake IPA, the Wave Runner 2, which I would really recommend to our listeners who are a fan of that style, get it before they run out. And they also had a really good winter ale, and I believe it was called Scrooge. And it was the most cinnamony winter beer I've ever had, and not in a bad way. They did a really good job of pulling off those cinnamon notes. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. One thing that I really enjoyed was, you know, you go to a brew pub and a lot of places will have beer and food pairings. Like, oh, we if you're going to order this dish, we recommend you try this beer with it. This place doesn't have any food. You, you could bring your own food. We brought pizza in, but they do have um, song pairings to all of their beers, which I thought was really funny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Be like, oh, you're drinking the Hefeweizen? You might as well listen to... 99 loof balloons yeah and i think that they it was you know part of the joke was they were like kind of unusual songs and we'll post i sent you guys a little picture of their menu but we can post what they had and they had uh happy holidays you bastard by blink 182 was the scrooge song pairing uh which is a really interesting song nice but check it out this that's of all of my my beer adventuring in Connecticut, that was one experience that I wanted to share with you guys and say to our listeners, if you get a chance, go check that place out because I think before long, they're going to get discovered. They've only been open since August, and I think that they're going to be blowing up. So get them, get them while no one knows about them. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, Ober, is there... And you might have mentioned it, and maybe I missed it. But is there? Do they do any kind of takeaway beer, or is it just growlers? Or they do crowlers, which okay. Um, the the brewery that shall not be named does. I believe other Connecticut breweries do as well. But for listeners who aren't familiar with what a crowler is, which I don't believe we've discussed on the pod before, Fat Orange Cat does them too. Yeah, they take a. 32 ounce can imagine like just a gigantic can this place had a unique system i'd never seen before where they kind of spritz them with kind of a i believe it, I, I didn't really know what it was but it looked like a disinfectant then they had a tap handle for you know i could hear them pouring something but nothing was coming out i think that was just co2 so i think it was just they had co2 on tap to kind of purge the can of all the oxygen and then they filled it up to the brim with beer and they have a they had a very official looking canning station right there. So you get this beer, it's filled all the, this big can, you know, holds two pints in it, filled all the way to the brim with beer so no air can get in and spoil it. And uh, you can take it to go. And I thought it was really cool. I got a crowler of the Scrooge and it was, it was definitely a good way to go for that brewery. You know, I've been seeing that more and more, the crowlers. And I've noticed it with some breweries down here that they only do crowlers. And I asked, I had a growler in the car and 
it was actually Southern Grist. They don't, they do, they do growlers. And I was like, Hey, do you guys fill growlers? They say no, because they can guarantee that the beer is going to be, you know, fresher out of a crowler than if they were to take, you know, if I went in there with my dirty ass growler mm. and, and they filled it, you know, not knowing that I, you know, keep it in my car and never wash it or whatever. Right. Then I could be like, well, Southern Grist sucks because the beer is bad and this, that, and the other thing. So in order yeah. to, you know, curtail that, they only do crowler fills. And right. I don't want to call out anyone on this podcast, but it was one time I went over uh, a friend's house and I noticed he had in his kitchen like a couple dozen growlers all what, around what could that be? <laughs> all around the, the <laughs> top of the cabinets in the kitchen. And it's like, sometimes you go to a brewery and you really want to take your beer to go, but you don't have your growler with you. You know, it's a pretty common occurrence. I'm not going to bring my, my glass growler back from Montana to Connecticut. This was a good a good option for me uh, to take their beer and experience other places. Yeah, it's it's catching on as a thing everywhere. It seems. Um, I personally like the growler, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, they I'm, make I'm... really good decorations. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like the growler too. I mean, it's cool to have a thirty two ounce can that you can just crack open and drink like a normal beer. But at the same time, I do like the idea that with the growler, I can pour myself a glass and then shut it and put it back in the fridge. With a growler, you're pot committed to drinking all 32 ounces of that beer right then and there. Right. Yeah, but, you know, to the point, too, if you open a growler, you drink half of it and you put it back in your fridge even though you're not really losing the carbonation that much, the beer is going stale with the addition of all that oxygen. So it's not something that you can really save for more than maybe another day. Right. But at the same time, even if I'm going to drink the whole growler or say I'm sharing it, in between my glasses, I can keep the remaining of the beer that I'm not drinking cold. I mean, you could put the growler back in the fridge. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but then it's open. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, there's definitely advantages to both, but I just wanted to share because we hadn't talked about crowlers before. And I think maybe for people who haven't seen that before or have heard the term, but wasn't sure what it was, that'd be a cool thing to kind of check out. So, but yeah, I want to share that, that place with you guys. Um, now you guys had been to, you guys sounded like made a grand tour of breweries down in Tennessee. Um, yeah, was there any, yeah. any particularly noteworthy experiences you had down there? Yeah, I'd been to all of them before. Uh, so, Tud, you're probably going to have some more insight on them. However, I did want to to touch base and reference back a few episodes ago. We did end up trying Sue from Yazoo Brewing, which was listed as the best beer from Tennessee. So, Tud oh. and I both have both beaten Tennessee now. Good. Right. Yep. I, and and we, we differ on opinion on it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I... Thought it was, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. I think there are. I've had this week. I had better Tennessee beers. So yeah, and we've already talked about the the issues we have with that list overall. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but I I enjoyed it. Uh, it was nice, smoky stout. Pretty pretty tasty. Zero to five. What would you give it? Four and a quarter. I think I gave it. Todd. I gave it a three and a half. Well, big swing. Yeah. Like I said, it was 
it's an, it's an okay beer. I don't think it's the best. And I think there are better Tennessee beers. So let me ask you this then. So, you know, you, you clearly did a lot of, of <laughs> brewery hopping. What were the, what were the highlights? Yeah. So we went to a couple different breweries. Um, we went to Star Spangled Brewing, Southern Grist, Yazoo, Tennessee Beer Works, and Bearded Iris. And obviously, so as Chris has said multiple times in the podcast, Southern Grist is fantastic. Um, it's definitely, definitely was a highlight for me. I love Bearded Iris as well. I think that they do really good IPAs. Um, you know, their stouts were, were good. Their pale ale was good, but their, their IPAs are really what brings people in the door. Star Spangled was, was good. It was an interesting little brewery in Clarksville that I had never been to. Really awesome atmosphere. Like yes. the, the, like the owner was behind the bar and, there was just like a lot of fun and like, yeah, I don't know, just a re- that's like my kind of brewery like that, you know, they have some good beer, but, you know, it's really, really laid back. They have some uh, the the owners always there and can talk to you about the beer. That's that's my kind of brewery. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I thought that it was just it was a really good vibe. Their traditional ale was pretty fantastic. Wow, that's saying something considering most, you know, traditional ales are not, you know, that's a pretty bland style. Yeah, this one wasn't bland. No, it well, it's it's aged. That's why it's um okay. It's a barrel aged ale that they do in bourbon barrels, and it is it was the first beer that they brewed. Like that was that was like the first one that they had. It's the the one that built a brewery or something like that. That's what they call it. Nice. Um, but it, it, I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's it kicks you in the butt too. I think it's like ten percent alcohol. Yeah, Ooh. it's deceptively strong. The other breweries, uh, Tennessee Beer Works was fine. I mean, if you've been to Boston Beer Works or another Beer Works, they tend to be kind of chainy. They're I think they're all owned by the same company. Okay, so you don't get a lot of that local character you would get at the other places. Right. I mean, their beer was good, but it wasn't anything to blow your mind. But really, I really want to talk about Southern Grist. I think Southern Grist might be my it might be my favorite brewery in Tennessee. I do really like Beard Iris, but they're doing a lot of interesting stuff. We I actually bought cans of it's called Blueberry Cobbler. It's a sour that tastes like Blueberry Cobbler, um, but it's not really like super sour. It's it's got a lot of sweet to it. It's really good. Everything about that place was awesome. So Chris, you have a winner not too far from your house. Yeah, and I, I mean I've said that before. It's it's just great beer. The the variety. I mean, there was fourteen, fifteen beers on tap and I think eight or nine of them were sours. It was crazy. Yeah. And uh but yeah, they're 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 phenomenal. They're really good. Yeah, next time I go to visit you, that's definitely the number one place that I want to go. <laughs> yeah, and obviously you've been to Bearded Iris over it, so you know, you don't right. have to, you don't have to sleep on that one because they do IPAs as good as anybody in Connecticut or in the Northeast in general. Yeah, yeah, definitely both those places. But Chris has, has shared plenty of Southern Grist beers my way, and, and I definitely want to go check them out next time I go visit with you guys. Oh. Chris, did you just fall down? <laughs> no. <laughs> Couldn't you hear Sounds me like you're muffling? Being attacked by a paper monster. I was wrestling <laughs> through our very, very physical mailbag that I have here. 
that is definitely here. All right, so we have a we have a few a few emails that we wanted to touch base on, uh, and some of them date back to the beginning of the month. And actually, it seems to be working out pretty well. The beginning like, of December, yeah, but beginning of December, yeah. Sorry, and uh, this actually seems to be working out pretty well. Like doing like one mailbag a month seems to be working. So first, uh, we got a double hit from friend of the podcast, Drew, who actually was drinking Fat Orange Cat with Obert. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about, uh, we asked our listeners, uh, what are your thoughts on cellaring beers? How long do you keep them? Do you even bother this, that? And he is firmly of the mindset, beers for drinking, not saving. So you go out to a brewery and you get something good and... You want to drink it, drink it right away. Why don't put it to the side? So there's a good thing. He, he made a good point, and there's something we didn't talk about, but he said that there is so much good beer available now. What is the point of saving something? You never have to worry about not having good beer available. So really good point. That is very true. Yeah. And I think some of the, the problem that some people get into – Myself included, I'm I'm guilty of this too. Is I get myself in situations where I acquire beer more often than I'm in situations where I can finish the beer I already have. <laughs> I have <laughs> yeah, a, I, I have a whole that. fridge of stuff I haven't gotten around to to finishing a six pack of. Or you know, there's always something new and shiny to try, and then you ignore all the stuff that's already in your in your cellar. Yeah, yeah, I have the same problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tud's got literally like fridges just full of old beer. <laughs> yeah how's that i like how i'm forcing this resolution on time, but how's, that, how's that drinking too for everyone you buy going we're doing good we're, we're we're making progress good good to hear it except for now that i'm coming home from tennessee yeah with more beer than oh no I came yeah. with. oh no <laughs> oh man yeah i'm gonna have the same problem coming back from connecticut i uh left with a bag full of presents and I told people don't buy me anything too heavy to take back to Montana with me for Christmas presents. Uh, I'm saving all my room and my luggage for beer. So <laughs> it's going to be when I get back, it's going to be a uh, lot of, a lot of beer to add to my already overflowing beer fridge. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So Drew also wrote in about, Tud's advice to gamble on monkeyknifefight.com from a few episodes ago. Uh, he's just questioning whether or not it is legal or if you're basically condoning people to gamble illegally and commit tax fraud. No. So monkey knife fight is legal in the United States. Um, there are certain states that it's not legal in, but neither of those, none of those states are Montana, Tennessee, or Connecticut. Um, I couldn't tell you which state it's, states it's not legal in. I think Arizona is one of them. But Arizona also doesn't allow daily fantasy football, which is legal. But the way Monkey Knife Fight works is it kind of goes off of that daily fantasy law that allows FanDuel and DraftKings and the like to operate. So it is operating legally. Okay. So uh, advice to our listeners, check to make sure it's legal in your state. But if Correct. it's in one of the states where one of the hosts of the podcast listen to you know you're good right and i and i mean i assume that if you were like trying to sign up in arizona for example if that's one of them it would be like oh sorry we're not available in your area correct okay all right well that's good yeah he just he wanted to make sure that you were uh 
you were not trying to lead people <laughs> down a path where they're going to get knocks on the doors. Be like, no, me. no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name drop any online casinos that people can use for actual sports betting. But monkey knife fight is perfectly legal. All right, cool, awesome. Yeah, and uh, I have I have a letter here that Chris just handed me from the mailbag. Yeah, hold on. Uh, yeah. Thanks. All right. So, so yeah, listener, listener, Michael of the podcast here writes in. I Me? just got Me? a no. You're a host, Michael. This uh, is a this is a non-tud Mike friend of the pod. And uh, yeah, he hell? he what writes in. What the hell in, are you doing? Just reading the letter. No, no, no. Who's playing with cardboard? No, this is the I have the letter right here. Oh, 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 oh. okay. <laughs> yeah, duh. So it's very physical. It's a very physical, real letter. Yeah, this is how we do. We do the mail that we get the emails, we print them out, we mail them <laughs> to ourselves. So, <laughs> so we have a mailbag. Yeah, I'm surprised you've never seen Chris reading them before on the webcam. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, listener, listener Michael writes in says. I just got a brand new home bar, and in my bar, I have a mini fridge with two sections, one for wine and one for beer, and he knows what temperature to set the wine section at, but he asks, what temperature should I set my beer portion of my mini fridge under my bar for? So well, That's a pretty cool that? fridge, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right? As I'm, I'm pretty jealous of that fridge mine doesn't have the my beer fridge at home i've always just cranked it to as cold as it gets because it doesn't get super cold but tud i know you keep your beer um chest freezer at a very specific temperature right yeah i i keep my chest freezer at the same temperature that i keep my normal fridge at which is 37 degrees the reason for that is it's just do you want your beer cold if you're going to be drinking more stouts and more heavier types of beers like that, then you're going to want to leave that fridge a little bit warmer. You know, most stouts recommend drinking between like 44 degrees and 50. Beer traditionally was served warm. So yeah, beer is much older than refrigeration. Right. So, so keeping it, I mean, keeping it warm is fine, but I, most people don't like to drink warm beer anymore since refrigeration's invented. But you can, beer's not going to freeze at 32. So if you want to drop the fridge to 32 degrees or 31 or 30, the beer's not going to freeze. It's alcohol. So really it's up to, it's up to user preference. I keep mine at 37. So if we had to boil that all down, we'd say if you're keeping Coors Light, Bud Light adjunct beer in your fridge, turn it down to freezing. If you're drinking your IPAs, your more typical hoppier ales and lagers, keep it mid to upper 30s. And if you're drinking something a little heavier, maybe a stout porter, you you could keep it at low 40s. Yeah, and I, I don't think I'd put Bud Light or Coors Light into a near-freezing fridge because that is very low alcohol style beer. I'd probably just keep it at 37. It's cold. That's the same temperature if you're pulling a can of soda out of the fridge. Same temperature that the can of soda is going to be would be the beer. See, I, I got to say I would... I agree. I wouldn't keep it freezing, but for me, the best way to drink fizzy, see-through lager is, you know, put that right in our frosty mug, get it as cold as cold as non-freezingly possible, and uh, I think that's the best way to enjoy one of the, our one of an adjunct 
lager type beer. I don't know. That's just my preference. Yeah, that sounds pretty much in line with what I do. I don't. Mine's not fancy. Mine's just like setting one through setting ten. You know. <laughs> so uh, I do know, however, that my fridge in particular, and this is one thing that you are going to have to watch out for if you do get it too cold. Sometimes you will have beers that will you know, freeze or explode or something like that. Cause I've definitely dealt with that in my fridge because for some reason it gets to be probably negative a thousand. So it's pretty, pretty cold. Sounds not good. The coldest place <laughs> on earth is Chris's beer fridge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Below <laughs> absolute zero in Chris's beer fridge. Uh, uh, I got it figured out now. I haven't had any casualties in a while, but when I first got it and I was trying to dial it in, yeah, I definitely lost a few soldiers in battle. So, R.I.P. <laughs> uh, but good questions. Yeah. So thanks again for everybody writing in. Absolutely. Um, you know, continue sending them in. Uh, hashtag follow the email dawfpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll get you guys on here. Uh, send recommendations. Uh, Dan has been like sending recommendations like crazy. So that's awesome. And I think he's been helping Tut out with his hit his hit segment. What is the news? And, <laughs> he has indeed, and that will be making a return shortly. Yeah. So, but yeah, keep sending them in. Uh, we really enjoy getting them. Uh, yeah, and so with that, I think it's that time we we all look forward to at the end of our Thursday episodes. Yep. Here, let's turn to that frosty frosty mug of wisdom with our three handles. Yep. So I'll lead off this week if you guys don't mind. Go for it. No, go ahead. So my handle this week is going to be the new Black Mirror episode slash season slash movie that they came out with. So I don't know if either one of you ever ever watched Black Mirror, but it is a show on Netflix that is basically very Twilight Zone-ish, where it's freaky. It's a modern technology twist on Twilight Zone, more or less. Yes, exactly. So as of December 28th, they released the new season slash movie of Black Mirror. So what this is, is it's like it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book, but in a show or movie. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So it's called Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Um, it is. It does not fall underneath the same category on Netflix as the rest of the Black Mirrors, where they have like seasons one through four. This is a separate title for Netflix. But go check it out. We watched it today, and I thought it was really good. And there's 19 hours of content in this movie. What? Yes. So you can you can watch it multiple times. There's multiple endings. There's multiple different story arcs. Can you explain to me how a choose-your-own movie works? Do you have to use the remote? You have to use the remote. Okay. You have about 10 to 15 seconds to make a choice and hit the select button, and the story continues seamlessly from there. I don't want to give too much of it away. It's based well, it on... Well, it sounds like you can't, because it depends on what choices you make. Right. So, go check it out, everybody. It's well worth your time. And then, while you're at it, watch seasons one through four of Black Mirror as well, just because it's a fantastic show. Yeah, just like... I think, yeah, saying it's like Twilight Zone is good. I mean, I've always been a big fan of dystopian uh, literature, or, or fiction in general. And I love that show. Definitely some episodes leave you thinking. So Black Mirror, definitely check it out. So Todd, you want to hand that hand that off, that, that mug? Yeah. Who, who wants it next? I'll take it. All right. Here you go, Chris. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. I mean, we're in the same house, so I can actually like gently hand it to you today. Right. Yeah. Actually, can you run it upstairs, please? <laughs> the middle handle on our Frosty Mug of Wisdom tonight is actually something that I'd never done before. 
and I did for my son's first birthday. So my son, CJ, he turned one yesterday. So happy birthday, CJ. When you when you listen to this about 20, 20 years from now. When we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. Right. And uh, I baked him his birthday cake. Now, I'd never done it before, and I'd never made a cake before. So that's, I can't, you've never made a cake before? I know how no. much you love baking. I do. I do love baking. I guess it's like, when, how often do I need a cake versus how often do I need cookies, you know? <laughs> mm, okay. So and the answer to the cake is rarely, and the answer to the cookies is frequently. <laughs> More often than you should need cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went through, uh, baked the cake, everything from scratch. I don't do mixes. But one thing that I never done and will do from now on because it is so worth it was I made my own buttercream frosting. Oh. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. Ted Ted was there. So it, it's really easy to make. It, it's easy. It's a little bit time consuming because of the way you have to add things to the mixer. But it is so worth it. And it just comes out so good. And uh, I can, uh, I'll find the recipe that I used and I'll put it in the show notes. I will say this, this recipe calls for a half a teaspoon of espresso mix. Or I used finely ground uh, coffee. I would cut it back if you're not a big coffee fan because it you did you get a lot of coffee out of it even though it's only a half a table a teaspoon half a teaspoon so just a little bit of a pro tip but still very good but I also love coffee so yeah so wait what kind of cake was it uh so it was a it was a just a rate a regular chocolate cake okay I was assuming it was chocolate but you had the coffee in with the frosting yeah yep yep so uh, but it was a dual layer chocolate cake um, with buttercream frosting and it was it was pretty good it did it came out excellent as the person who ate a big very big slice of it nice <laughs> yeah you'll have to put a picture of this cake up on the instagram i want to see what it looks like because it sounds delicious it sounds like it looks delicious too uh yeah i mean it my presentation probably could have been better but <laughs> yeah well you didn't know it was going to be seen by 500 plus Instagram followers when you were making it too. It's so very true. You got a big, yeah, big audience. Right. <laughs> oh man. So, but yeah, that's mine. Go ahead. If you're going to bake something or even if you just want to eat frosting, make your own. It's, it's easy and it's delicious. Even if you want to sit there with a tub of frosting, you might as well make your own. <laughs> so Obert, you're, uh, you're the last handle this week. What do you got for us? Thanks. Thanks, Chris. I guess I'll take it home from here. Um, I wanted to share with you guys a Christmas gift I got. And I know we've talked about like quality of life gifts before or like just like nice splurges for yourself. Uh, This was I got a pair of Bombas socks, which I know they advertise a lot now on other podcasts or TV. I see them all the time. These are the socks where like when you buy a pair, they donate a pair to charity is kind of their gimmick thing. But uh, they were really comfortable. I am not normally a guy who wears fancy socks. I, you know, I just have the cotton Hanes kind of things. But after getting this pair of like the nice thick wool socks, wow, I could wear these all the time. I might go and get myself some more. Uh, granted, you know, they're kind of expensive. Take that into account if you're going to buy yourself a pair or two. Maybe not to replace your whole wardrobe, but you know, it just it's just like a little extra treat for your day. Like. It's, so that's why I thought it was good for like a handle on our mug of wisdom. Just like a little little something to make your overall daily experience a little bit better. So Bombas socks, check them out. 
are they the world's most comfortable socks? Oh, is that their tagline? I think it is. That's yeah, right? they, well, because they make they make socks with no seams and all that type of stuff. And I'm just wondering, are they are they that comfortable? I mean, they're socks, right? But it's definitely the kind of thing where you know, if you have a your favorite pair of underwear or something like that, like that you first out of the dryer type of thing. Like, yeah, I'll always wear these when they're clean because they're that comfortable. So kind of how Chris is into underwear, you're going to be in the socks now? Maybe. The problem is I'm not I'm not coordinated, coordinated enough to keep all of my socks together. Like I like to keep 20 of the same sock so that way I don't have to worry about matching them. If I was yep. really into socks, I couldn't do it because all of my... I'd be mismatched all the time. Maybe I, that could be my new thing. Is I'm just the guy who walks around with mismatched socks all the time. You could buy 20 of the same pair it's of the same Bombas pair of socks. socks or whatever. I could do that. Maybe that's what I got to do. <laughs> so you said they're made out of wool? I believe so. I, okay. I think they're wool socks. They're really comfortable, whatever they are. Now, are they made for like outdoors or is it like day to day? Because I, I, would, I would have a feeling that if I were to wear them, my feet would get like super hot and sweaty and gross they're merino wool so it's good and not itchy and uh, yeah i do notice my feet get warm in them but it's good especially this time of year with winter here you know if you're walking around the house with just socks on which i typically do it keeps your it keeps your feet only socks <laughs> yeah <laughs> just me walking around wearing just two socks <laughs> Where are they? Who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll leave that for the listener imagination. <laughs> so, Ted, you want to take it away? So, with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank Beach Haven for their blackberry wine. I'd like to t- thank Altec for the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Coffee Stout. And, of course, the incredible brewery Fat Orange Cat and their very delicious Right Drunk Edit Sober. Please make sure to follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at DAWF Podcast. Also make sure you follow us on Untapped at DAWF Podcast. Hashtag follow the email, DAWF Podcast at gmail.com. Keep those emails up for the, the mail segment. Yeah, we, we want to know the hangovers, how to avoid them, how to stop them. Yeah, yeah make sure you're sending those in. Uh, send your general thoughts, concerns, questions. Still looking for more enemies of the pod too, so we can make fun of you. So that's talking to you, Natalie. Yeah, that well, Natalie's already on the list. Natalie's been boom roasted, done, ended. She doesn't exist on this planet anymore. She just got burned that bad. She had to change her name. Wow, wow. She's she's one of those people who's volunteering to go to Mars just because of how bad I made her look. <laughs> wow. Please make sure that you guys are liking and subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're there, please give us a five star rating. It really does help people find our podcast because the more ratings we get, the more we can move up the charts and more people will find our podcast. Anything else, guys? I was just looking. There are over 200,000 folks that signed up to be volunteers for the One Way Mars Colony Project. That's crazy. Oh, okay. Well, Natalie's got a lot of friends on that list. But knowing her, she probably won't get chosen. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Even a failure at trying to to go to Mars. Uh, yeah. And with that, my name's Tud. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. Wait, Chris, 200,000? Really? I'm trying to see if I can still sign up. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever sign up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to sign up. What? Why not? Too many good breweries. Oh, that's true. Back on that's Earth. True.